Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review on a new podcast that I've never reviewed before called Pursuit of Wellness Podcast with Mari Llewellyn. And But first, just a little quick update on my week and my own little journey through life. Uh, so let me start with where I left off. So I had taped last Thursday that night, um, actually that weekend. So I, I had talked about how I was like, I knew I wanted to incorporate some sugar, but I wasn't sure. I didn't want to go off onto like a whole binge of sugar because <clears throat> usually that's what I'll do is, you know, I'll get the apple apple turnovers and then I'll get the chocolate pastry and then I'll get the gummies and then it's and it gets out of control. But I, I also, you know, I went basically a whole month of February without processed sugar. And again, I, I don't want to like completely cut it off. So I was like, so Friday, I wanted something delicious. And I was going to go pick up Chompies, but which I usually get this like fried chicken sandwich there, which is not the healthiest choice, but it's delicious. Uh, but I decided to go someplace healthier. So I picked up Flower Child and got my regular Mother Earth Bowl with a side of the gluten-free mac and cheese and some broccoli because I knew I wanted to have that for Saturday. And I ordered one of their gluten-free chocolate chip cookies <clears throat> and on my way there, I still decided to stop at Chompy's, which has this insanely delicious bakery. If you follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, you'll see a little video I took in there. And the problem is the last time I went and got that addictive seven-layer chocolate cake that I am obsessed with, typically, it was dry. So I'm like, well, I, I if I'm going to buy something here, I need it to be perfectly prepared, moist, you know, delicious, the texture I need. So I was scared to get one of those cakes again. And I wanted to find something. So I picked up this. I'm, I love oatmeal raisin cookies. And, you know, if you look at this video, there's so many delectable looking cookies and, um, and pastries in there. And I decided to go with an oatmeal cookie. Now, these were massive oatmeal cookies. The first one I picked up, it felt hard. And I was like, is this going to be stale? And that would ruin my night. So I did find one that was, I could feel the softness to it. And so I bought that and it was, it was huge. It took me, I actually didn't, I don't think I ate the entire thing that day, but because I was, I was like hangry going to Flower Child. So that helped me get through. I just had a little bit of that cookie, went and picked up the food, and the night was good. So that was my first kind of venture back into processed sugar. And then the next night we decided to, so I had to work on Saturday until about 4 p.m. And then my boyfriend got back and I just that weekend as I as I mentioned in my last podcast I just needed I needed a weekend where I wasn't doing anything. You know, I had a lot of work to catch up on. I knew I had this stressful court thing to do on Monday and I was like I don't want to really drink 
a lot because I just didn't want the anxiety and the hangover. I wanted to have a productive Sunday. I wanted to work out. I wanted to meal prep. And so Saturday, we just, I was like, my boyfriend got home from, he he went bar hopping with a bunch of his buddies. They went, they have this like beer pass or something. It's kind of like a pub pass or something. And they go to these different breweries and they drink and they get this thing stamped. So I'm, I mean, he's having a time of his life while I'm working. So it's good. I'm, I'm glad he's not like resentful towards me that I took this, um, you know, other job and I'm, I'm working every Saturday where, you know, I used to join him and we'd go and drink, day drink. Um, so he's still going out and having a good time, which is good. And then he came back and he's like, do you want to go to dinner? Do you want to go out and meet our friends for some more drinks? And I was like, I was in one of those states where I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I kind of felt like doing something, but I was also, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to, like the thought of going to a bar and starting to drink, just, it didn't appeal to me. So I'm like, no, let's just, let's just stay in. Let's watch a movie. Let's relax. We did watch a great movie. I'm trying to remember what movie we watched. It was so good. Oh, God, I can't remember. <laughs> it's such a terrible memory. I think it's all the cannabis. Um, but what I do remember is the food, of course. <laughs> I'll always remember the food. So we ordered from Ray's again, Ray's Pizza. We got a huge pizza, pesto pizza, and we got some garlic knots. And they included some cannolis that we did not order. So, of course, I had to have they, – they put three cannolis in there, which I was hoping Chad only wanted one because I wanted two for sure. And they were delicious. Now, they could have used a little bit more chocolate in them. I do like a, a like chocolate chunks in my cannoli. But the filling, OMG, I loved – it was almost like – I mean, I assume they used ricotta and 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 powdered sugar. I mean, I think that those are the two ingredients. Now, I I, I looked them up because I'm like, did they use more scapone in this instead of ricotta? Because it was so smooth and creamy and almost like icing. It was so good. Because I always said the next time I make I make um, cannolis, I'm going to try to replace the ricotta with mascarpone. And marscapone, that cheese. And uh, I don't know. I For some reason, this cannoli was like so delicious. So anyway, that was really good. I did just have one of those. I had one cannoli that night and I had the second cannoli on Sunday. Um, So, so good. And I didn't like, I didn't go out of control that night. I had like, I had one slice of a pizza. I mean, the slices were huge. And I had like... I had, I think, three garlic knots and then a cannoli. So I, I didn't, I mean, I ate a lot, but I didn't like binge and go crazy. So I was proud of myself. So it was, you know, I felt, I felt like a normal human. Like this is how people should eat. And uh, so Sunday I w- woke up and I felt good. You know, I wasn't hungover. I didn't drink at all during the weekend. I did have a drink on Thursday, but, uh, but that was like I had one drink that week. Now, granted, it was a Truly that had like an extra shot of vodka in it, but uh, that was the only alcoholic drink that I had that week. So I felt really good on Sunday, got up, did some medicated yoga, um, had one of my little orange popsicles that I had made with the tangelo juice that I'd, you know, squoze from the tree, from the back tree in my backyard. So that was really good. And... 
I knew I did want to have a little bit more sugar, but I wanted it to be gone by Monday as, again, it's not, again, it's that cycle, right? I like to treat myself on the weekends and not have as much sugar during the week. But um, I also didn't want to do what I typically do, which is like just go crazy with crazy amounts of sugar. So what I did do, I, I went grocery shopping at Trader Joe's. And they have these ice cream sandwiches that have all the chocolate chips on the outside. And it's like ice cream filled, um, you know, it's like an ice cream sandwich with two chocolate chip cookies on the outside. Oh, so good. Trader Joe's makes a really good one. And um, and I brought them back on Sunday. And actually, you know what? I think I did have them on Saturday. I think I did go grocery. I can't remember. Anyway, what I do know is I think I had... I think I had two that day and then I did finish, I think the last one, I think Chad had one and I finished the last one on Monday. So I did have a little bit on Monday, but, um, they were really good. So those are gone. Um, but you know, it was that, it was that and the cannoli. So I, again, I didn't go crazy, but I did have, you know, a good amount of sugar. I made my spicy, uh, red chili, uh, egg noodles with chicken in it. I also posted that on my Instagram. Those are, that's, it's really simple. I just saute some garlic um, and then put some egg, drop some egg noodles for like a minute and a half, fry up some chicken. And I put this hot chili sauce with this black bean sauce. And it's, it's incredibly delicious. It's really spicy and very satisfying. Um, you know, it's, it's very carby, but really good. So that was my big meal on Sunday, um, with my ice cream sandwiches, watched, caught up on Vanderpump Rules and all the drama, caught up on a couple more reality shows. So it was a great weekend. I have to say that's like my ideal weekend, really good food, not really doing much. Uh, love it. So then my week. So I did get, I got some salmon at Trader Joe's so I could, I'm trying to incorporate more protein. I really think as I age, I need more protein in my body so I can retain some of my muscle mass. And so I've been eating more eggs. I got some salmon just before, and I made a bunch of quinoa. So I made a big batch of red quinoa to meal prep, got some cucumbers, cooked some of the salmon, put this nice uh, salmon seasoning. It's kind of like this lemony, citrusy top on it, um, sprinkle on it. And I've just been making these uh, salmon bowls that are, you know, some of the salmon, some quinoa. I chop up some of the cucumbers and it's really easy and it's very delicious good, good amount of protein in it. Um, I got, so just before I, I started taping, I, I scrambled some eggs with a bunch of quinoa in it. And that was actually really good. I think that's going to become a staple for me is because I don't like just eating eggs plain. Um, and sometimes I'll eat it on a half a bagel or something, but today I just didn't feel like eating a bagel. I really wanted like another whole food and I had all this quinoa in there and I'm like, oh, why don't I just try putting some quinoa on this egg? And it was really, really good, very satisfying. And so a ton of protein. So I think that's going to become like a new thing for me. Uh, and then, and then with my protein shake, because I've been so busy, what I'm doing now is, 
I used to make my my superfood protein shake with very little sugar in it. I would do the avocado. I would do some of the protein, vanilla protein powder. Uh, for berries, it would just be like strawberries and blueberries, acai, uh, green tea, and like chia seeds and or flax. And so I still do all of those things, but now I've been putting in in an extra thing of Greek yogurt and to get more protein in. And this week I actually did put a banana in there, which again, I typically try to limit the sugar. But what I have noticed is when I'm adding the the full banana in there and the Greek yogurt and I'm sipping on that, I mean, it's so thick. I, I mean, the other day I was so busy that I put a full avocado, full banana, whole thing of Greek yogurt, um, and, and it was, I mean, it was so filling. I mean, I literally sipped on this thing until like 5 PM and, um, you know, it just kept me full, kept me going. It would tasted delicious, had, had a good amount of sugar and lots of carbs and lots of protein. So it was very satisfying and it just kept me fueled and kept me energized and took away my craving for sugar. So that night I didn't crave any sugar. I, you know, I did have maybe like, a, cho- a dark chocolate covered almond or two, but yeah. So, you know, bringing back bananas into my protein shake might be something I start doing more often. So that was that. Um, the week though has been, I mean, it's so funny because when I have these like really stressful situations that happen, my mind immediately goes like, oh, I want to comfort myself with food. I want to drink a bunch of wine. I want to smoke a bunch of cannabis. Like I just like get this like self-destructive mentality for like 10 seconds and then then I calm down and it goes away. Um, so I had to call the IRS. I was on the hold with the IRS. So for those of you that have been listening, that have been following my journey, trying to get this cannabis company open on the East Coast... I finally bought the car. I've been trying to get it over to this place to get this the build out started. It is still not there. Like literally, I finally got the paperwork finished. It's and and then they had to register it. So I sent them all the documents they needed. And suddenly, last minute, they're telling me that they need this updated IRS form. So I'm like, oh my God. So I get to call the IRS. I'm on hold for an hour. And this bitch of an IRS, this lady that was so rude and passive aggressive, I'm sitting there nervous trying to get all this information to her. She made me jump through hoops to try to get this information. And then she did not give me the information. She's like, I need to mail this to you. She wouldn't send it to me via fax. She's like, you need to be next to a full full fax machine. And then she, uh, anyway, this lady, I'm, I'm, figuring out a way to file a formal complaint against this woman because she she said, no, you'll, you're going to have to wait 10 to 14 business days to receive this in the mail. And I'm like, this is this is insane. I'm like, I cannot wait 14 business days to get this letter from the IRS showing that my EIN is still in, in, in good standing. Like, this is ridiculous. <clears throat> so I go find another fax machine. I call the IRS back again, wait on hold for another hour. And finally, this other lady, this very nice lady, gets on and and actually helps me and and faxes me the form that I needed. And I'm like, God, I'm like, you know, we're all these struggling business owners trying to stay alive in this insane economy. 
And the IRS, this passive-aggressive lady, like, what the hell? Like, I'm trying to keep my company alive here, lady. Like, just give me this freaking form. Ah, thank God for the second lady that was kind and generous and gave me what I needed. I was, like, so grateful to her. Oh, my God. So anyway, after that experience, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I need a drink. I'm like, is it? uh, can I get a glass of wine here? What can I get? And of course, I had to go into my second job where I have to be chipper and happy and motivating and patient. And I'm like, I the last thing I am right now is patient. And I have to be patient with these people right now. And I'm not. I'm not. Ugh, that's the hardest thing is like dealing with all this bullshit for my cannabis startup where everything is hard. Everything takes. Ugh, can't tell you the level of frustration that I deal with on a regular basis. And. And I come to complain to all of you, as I'm sure you just love that. Um, anyway, we all have stress in life. So it's, I made it through, made it through. A few more tears, a few more tears of frustration. But, you know, tears cleanse the soul. So, you know, had my had my, my soul cleansed many times this week. And, um, yeah, I, I got to, I actually haven't worked out. Let's see, I actually... So at my job, my second job, third job, however you want to say it, um, I I do have some downtime. So la- so the other night I was able to do, I have to do these Zoom interviews with people and sometimes it takes them like 10 minutes to join the Zoom. So I was doing some kettlebell swings and so that's kind of nice. I, I like while I'm getting paid, you know, I can get my workout in. So that that's that, that's a that's a plus. So there's a there's a little silver lining there with being so busy but still finding ways to fit your workout in. Um like the other day I did push-ups in between interviews and you know, keeps keeps you energized, like keeps my energy flowing and it gets, you know, if I don't have time to get my workout in earlier that day, it's nice to be able to like squeeze it in while I'm on the clock. So that's been that's been good. Uh, what else? Um, I did get good news. So again, for those of you that have been listening, uh, that have kind of seen me through winning my arbitration case only to have this huge conglomerate of the world's largest cannabis operator, Curaleaf, they of course fought the award and we finally got the, you know, the final judgment from the judge. She she stuck to basically her guns. And so <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, well, we have this final award, but no, no word on when we're going to get paid. So, you know, of course, our attorney was reaching out to pay, like, hey, like, when are you going to pay us? Like, we need to collect this. And of course, the lawyer's not getting back to us. So we're like, great, we're going to have to take them to collections. So I had to drive down on Monday, <clears throat> go file this thing with the with the superior court, the clerk's office. And I mean, that's confusing in and of itself, like just trying to figure out, you know, what forms to print and you have to bring three self-addressed stamped envelopes and you have to fill out the documents properly and go drop it off at this. It, it's very confusing. I mean, it's it's not easy. What I will say is and I, you know, I always try to look for for places where I can have gratitude. Um, you know, I was there at the Superior Court, you know, going, you know, trying to file this to collect money. I mean, ultimately, that's 
that's what we're going to be able to do at some point down the road. Um, and I saw all these families with their children and, you know, my, my gratitude came for, I don't have to be in court battling for my child. I mean, I've heard all these horror stories about, you know, families that have to spend all this money just going to court just to get custody of their child, or they have a toxic or abusive ex that they have to fight in court. I mean, thank God that's not why I have to go to court. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that as hard as this past year has been dealing with my business almost going under because of this shutdown by Cureleaf, at least, you know, we all, we, there is an end in sight. We will get paid eventually. I don't know when, but, um, so anyway, so, so that's what I was kind of, I was kind of depressed because I'm thinking, you know, my lawyer's like, well, we could, we might have to put a lien on a property and we have to do research and find where they have a bank account and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, great. So like, there's really, I, we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know what we'll have to do to, to get this, this award or, you know, we're turning it into judgment so we can take them to collections. But, but, but then, so that day, so then what I decided to do was put them on blast. So I made this social media post on LinkedIn and I'm just, except for, for what I do on this podcast, like obviously I put out my whole life on this podcast and share all my intimate details with all of you, but that this is the first time in my life I've really been public. Like I, you know, I started the Diet Obsessed um, podcast um, Instagram page where I also share, but this whole sharing world has been very new to me. Uh, on LinkedIn, I've only really posted like, like super just business stuff. I've never put anything personal. I've also never been one to share my struggles. I always was one of those people that wanted to be the perfectionist and put forth this polished image as if nothing's wrong is happening in my life. And that's just not reality. It's not authentic. And but I with business, I've always been I don't know, I've always been embarrassed by our struggles and and embarrassed by our failures. And and wanting to prove to the world that we can do this. And so, and I've also been, you know, nervous that putting things out would affect us, would affect our, us, you know, getting investment dollars or would affect us getting a new partnership. And so, I, you know, there was just a lot of fear I had around putting out the reality of our struggle. But, you know, when you when you almost lose everything, I mean, I've been reduced to to almost nothing with this company as far as just financially and what we have left. I mean, I've had to really look at this this company that I've been trying to build for eight years and say, okay, you know, it, it might completely fail. I it's that's what we're what, what might happen, and and if that happens, you know, I've learned a lot. We still have one, we still have, you know, we still have a chance. We st- there's definitely still opportunity out there, which is why we're trying to get this Massachusetts business off the ground. But, um, but anyway, I, I, especially with a big cannabis conglomerate like Cureleaf, where I'm also afraid of them suing me for defamation and coming after me personally. I mean, there's still all that fear, but I'm like, F that. I'm like, I need to, I do need to share with the world what is happening with, with these acquisitions, because this is happening every, you know, all the time in this brand new industry, because it's such a new industry that there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions. And what happens is, you know, good operators like us that are really serving patients and helping people get just absolutely crushed and destroyed in the process. And, 
And so what I did was I, I shared this post. Um, and maybe what I'll do is I'll read it to you. Um, and again, I don't normally share things like this, but I, you know, I think it was important. Now, after I shared this, um, we actually, my attorney called me that night and said that Cureleaf actually, the attorney finally called him and said, we're going to pay, send us wire instructions. So I'm like, oh my God, thank God. But I, but again, nothing since then. So that was Monday. And I'm hoping by tomorrow, maybe we hear something, but that'll be a huge relief. But this was the email. This is what I posted on LinkedIn. I said, I am pleased to announce that we finally won our arbitration case against Bloom and Curalief. However, we are not out of the woods yet. They owe us a lot of money for damages and, of course, are suddenly not returning our attorney's emails or phone calls. As some of you know, this past year has been the most difficult year our organization has ever faced. We had a thriving, successful partnership for over five years with Bloom Dispensaries that Curalief acquired. After Curalief purchased Bloom, they broke our contract, attempted to direct our clients to their own competing delivery service, and unilaterally shut our business down. Not only did this devastate our employees, most of whom we had to lay off, it also severely impacted the health of thousands of patients all over Arizona. Cannabis is medicine, which many people need to take regularly, a fact that Curalief doesn't seem to care about. I used to have fear about sharing information like this, but after what Curalief put us through, I now understand the importance of sharing openly in hopes of creating a more equitable future for this industry. A lot has been said about the dangers of big cannabis. And as a small business owner, I don't believe all MSOs, that stands for multi-state operators, are bad. I know there are some good ones out there, but there are definitely bad actors and some are even backed by Russian oligarch money. So stay tuned as I share detailed stories of our interactions with Curalief and their leadership team. Knowledge is power. So I, that Russian oligarch statement is there's there's been a lot of news articles printed lately about how literally Russian oligarch money financed Curalief. And so I'm hoping that they get sanctions put on them, that the federal government gets involved. I mean... What the hell? You know, we had to do insane due diligence with our investors. And here they are taking Russian oligarch money. Hello. Anyway, so that was that. That's been, you know, again, low level adding to my stress. Um, so anyway, I, I think we're getting close to that whole situation being resolved. And, um, you know, brighter days are ahead. I would like to thank, I got two new subscribers, so two more people subscribe to Craving More, my new subscription, uh, uh, like premium content. So as some of you have seen, some of the episodes, when you go to click on them, it's a subscription. So that's what we're doing is twice a month, I'm releasing <clears throat> episodes like this that are completely free and anyone can listen to. And then twice a month, I'm I'm sending out um, premium content where you do need to be a subscriber in order to hear that content. So uh, thank you to the new subscribers I have. And if anybody is interested in subscribing, you can just click on in the same app you listen to this podcast, you'll see the subscription for craving more. So um, if you want to support the show, if you want access to that premium content, please consider subscribing to Craving More. 
All right. So let's get into the uh, review of Pursuit of Wellness podcast. Now, this is hosted by Mari Llewellyn. And Mari is a fitness influencer. She's had her own journey with uh, creating this world of wellness. She created a product line with her husband. She's had a huge body transformation where she's leaned out, lost a lot of weight, just is is very much about nutrition and wellness. She also talks about like mental health a lot. She has borderline personality disorder. So uh, she talks a lot about how, you know, her nutrition and her, her fitness journey has done a lot to improve her mental her mental health uh, wellness. And so I knew she would start a podcast eventually because I first heard her on um, the uh, Skinny Confidential podcast. And she was so great. And she she's just very aligned with that brand. She's, you know, she's very feminine. She's blonde. She's beautiful. She creates these you know, she has a very like beautiful aesthetic on her Instagram. You know, she has like millions of followers, uh, very different from mine. <laughs> like mine is like not polished at all. Uh, hers is very, very polished. And, you know, she kind of presents that perfect wellness vibe, which, you know, is, is, gets, gets some criticism these days, but I, I also think she's very real. And I just, I just love her story. She's a great story. So anyway, so I knew she'd start this podcast and she, it's, it's actually very similar to, there's another one by Dr. Will Cole that sounds kind of similar, actually. It's funny. I'm surprised she was able to name it this, but, um, but it is a good, it's a good name. Uh, anyway, so this was entitled Working in Hollywood, Binge Eating, Fat Camp, Learning to Love Yourself. So all things I'm interested in. Um, and she had on her assistant, Fiona Attic. Now, uh, she calls her Fee. And she's her executive assistant. Uh, she's also, I think she's grown. I think she's she's becoming more and more involved in what Mari does. But, um, but they work very well together. Now, I had seen Fee on, uh, and she's interviewing Fee in this episode. So we're going to learn about Fee. And I was curious about Fee. I, I, because I follow Mari's Instagram, I had seen this other really beautiful blonde, uh, this young girl that she's with a lot. The first time I saw her, I think, or at least remembered seeing her in Mari's posts was when they went to Tulum. And, you know, and it's funny because when you see these, you know, when you see people on Instagram and you don't know a lot about them, you're like, oh, I don't know who this is. I tend, and I think it's normal for most of us, we kind of make up a story about who that person is based on, you know, based on how they present themselves. So this is, this girl is, you know, she's, looks like she's in great shape. She's, you know, she's got a very fit body. Um, You know, you can tell she works out. You could just if, if if you've been in the fitness world like I have, you can definitely tell when someone has muscle tone, uh, and and they get there and they're strong, like they they're not like um, skinny fat or, uh, you know, just like like skinny. It's it's muscle tone, uh, and but I, I she didn't seem like she had. I, I I wondered if she was like some fitness model. I figured she was some like entrepreneur you know, good, I, th- I figured she was just a good friend of Mari's who was also maybe some 
influencer in LA. I figured she was either an entrepreneur, fitness model, something, because she's she's beautiful and she's she looked tall and um, fit. And uh, so I don't know. I just was like, oh, here's this other glamorous girl with Mari and they're good friends. And you, know, you just wonder, is she a good person? And I don't know. I was I'm I, I'm one of those voyeurs that likes to voyeur into people's worlds and learn about them and hypothesize about who they are. So anyway, so we get to we get to learn about actually who she is. So it turns out uh, she is Mari's uh, executive assistant. She was raised in Maryland. She said that she had a, you know, a safe kind of little bubble, white picket fence, just a really good, um, you know, childhood. Her parents did divorce young. So, you know, she does have a little bit of, um, you know, trauma from that. But uh, overall, she said she had a really good childhood. She said she did get sent to summer camp. So starting at 13, her her parents would send her to horse camp and dance camp and all these different types of camp. And then in seventh or eighth grade, she went to camp Pocono, Poconos Trails, that which is that fat camp that who else went there? It was the girl from Diet Starts Tomorrow and she also hosts RIP Diets, Emily Lubin. So Emily Lubin also went to Camp Pocono Trail. I think I'm saying it wrong. It's like Poconos Trails or something like that. Anyway, this was the one that was featured in MTV. So Fee and Emily Lubin must be similar ages because they both were there at the same time that MTV was filming. And I remember both of them wanted to be on that show. And neither one of them were allowed to to be filmed. I think Fee, Emily might be a little bit older than Fee. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, so, but she talked about how um, she got sent to this fat camp. And she's like, she actually wanted to be, she actually had a pretty good experience, she said. Uh, she said that her, she was old enough to remember that her whole family always struggled with their weight. Uh, and she said she remembered for this fat camp, she remembered seeing, you know, kids on a banana boat on the ad. And she's like, oh, that looks so fun. I want to go there. So, so instead of being one of those kids that like got, just got sent there against their will, she actually wanted to go. So she did say that she knew it was a weight loss camp, um, but she wasn't super overweight. She was just kind of like a little bit, you know, just a little bit chunkier as a kid, um, which is which is pretty normal for, for kids. Like all kids like have that baby fat on them. But she said that she really butterflied that summer. She said she ended up losing 15 pounds in three weeks that summer. And they would actually weigh you in front of the other kids. And but that she actually she she lived her best life. She lost weight and ended up um, thriving, really, <laughs> She at that camp, she said. Um, but she said the way that she, she actually does, a, she does think that that camp might have been responsible for creating some disordered behaviors because apparently they would give everyone this like goal weight and it was, but it was called maintenance weight. Like this is the weight that you're allowed to basically maintain in. And she said that it started at five feet and at at five feet, the weight, the maintenance weight for five feet was a hundred pounds. 
and then every inch you'd add on five pounds. So she's like, at that time I was five five, which meant my weight maintenance weight was one twenty five. And once you reach that specific weight, you get a special bracelet at this fat camp, and you're allowed to get seconds. So you're allowed more food. You're allowed to get that extra portion of food. And she's like, so I kind of got this like number in my head that that's the weight I should be. And that's that's what's good. And that's what everybody should be striving for. And that's when I'm allowed to eat more is when I, when I weigh that amount. And, and it, you know, of course, it was based on the BMI, and it didn't take into account different people's body types. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there's people that are those heights that would never even be close to that. Um, and just based on their genetics. And so that's why it can be really detrimental to, to some people. Uh, I have heard doctors, some doctors talk about how it is rooted in science, but that, so, so there is some science there, but also it, it, it doesn't, definitely doesn't take into account everyone's activity level, different body types, muscle tone, any of that. Um, so, but as, so what she's, what Fee said that as she's gotten older, she's like, okay, I'm five nine. So I kind of had that number stuck in my head. Like I should weigh 145 because that would be what my weight would be based on this five pound every inch chart. And she's like, that's what I should be to be perfectly healthy. And Mari was like reacted to that. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, I can't help but try to think of this for myself. She's like, I'm 5'10". She's like, and I could never weigh in the 140s. She's like, I've never even seen those numbers. She's like, it doesn't, you know, she's like, what I can see as this being bad is it doesn't take into account, you know, all the muscle because muscle does weigh more than fat, you know, it's, it's denser and weighs, weighs more per, you know, so anyway, so Mari was a little bit taken aback at this arbitrary number. I mean, this BMI scale that didn't take into account activity level or muscle tone or anything like that. Um, But Fee was saying that for so long, I've just chased this number. And 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 that's really similar to what I talked about last week in my in my craving more episode was this certain number I had somehow gotten in my head. Um, it's funny because la- I, I did hypothesize of like why I had this number in my head, like I didn't know where it came from. And I actually was listening to another podcast today where it said Howard Stern used to say, "This is the number that women should weigh. Women should all weigh under this number," and it's all. That's all bullshit. But I I think that that might have actually been how I got that number in my head. I don't know. Anyway, so so anyway, Sophie was talking about just how she's she's always chased this number. Like that's what she always believed that, okay, like this got into my head. Like this is what I should weigh. And she's like, but she's like, you know, that camp was a blessing. She said, because I got so much more confidence after going to that camp and losing that weight. She's like, she's like, I, you know, boys started chasing me. She's like, I used to be so insecure about getting picked up by a boy. She's like, um, she's like, I always towered over all the boys when I was young because I was so tall. But she's like, I did get more confidence after that. But, you know, but that number thing 
has kind of messed with my head because as I've gotten stronger, I just have had to realize that that's not a realistic number for me anymore. And that's okay. Like I'm still healthy. I look great. I feel great. And, you know, I, I can be happy because the number on the scale truly doesn't matter. Um, and then Mari just was curious, like, why did you end up moving to L.A. anyway? And so Fee was talking about how she had visited L.A. She's from the South and she had wanted to move Um and she wanted she wanted to go someplace where it was warm because she's you know came from warmth she wanted to stay in the warmth. Her uncle lived in L.A. She so she ended up coming out here because she did have some family. She had a job lined up, um, and she found some roommates. So she did she lived with her uncle for a little bit, I believe, but then went and found some roommates on Facebook. Moved into this small apartment with these roommates in Hollywood. She's like, I was doing the whole Hollywood club scene and uh, doing all that. And Mari's like, oh, did you run into a lot of celebrities? And Fee was like, oh, yeah. She's like, they're everywhere in Hollywood. She's like, I was at Travis Scott's table partying before he was with Kylie Jenner. Now I can't stand Travis Scott. I like, I used to be a fan of some of his music. And now because of that whole Astroworld thing, I'm like... I don't like you anymore. I mean, I'm sorry. Stop your concert if people are getting crushed. Like, what is wrong with you? Anyway, sorry. That was a tangent. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, she's, like, talking about how like, she did the whole party thing with celebrities in L.A. and Hollywood. And Mari's like, I've never experienced that side of of Los Angeles. She's like, I want to experience the club side. She's like, it looks so interesting. And Fee was like, yeah, she's like, but a lot of people hanging out in celebrity culture, what I've realized, she's like, is they're just not that happy. She's like, it also messes with what you think you should look like. You know, you're around all these stick thin models that, that are truly, I mean, it, it brings, you know, the most beautiful people from all over the world, a lot of people that are actual, like true fashion models, and they have these teeny, teeny, tiny legs. Uh, and you just think that you should look like that. And she's like, and that just makes you equate, um, you know, relationships, getting attention, you know, that the way to be to be accepted, the way to fit into this society was to be tiny and and, and shrink your body, basically. Um, so it, it just gives you this unrealistic idea of like what what you should look like. And I mean, that's exactly why I I'm so glad I don't live in that area. I mean, just in general, I, I I never liked the Hollywood scene. I did, you know, when I first went there, I had, you know, written a screenplay and thought I wanted to to be a writer in Hollywood. And putting myself in those environments, I, I quickly realized, I'm like, this is not for me. Like, I don't want to pander to producer assholes. And, you know, now that you've learned all about the Harvey Weinsteins and the casting couches and all that stuff, I mean, like, I just got an, a sense of that when I was tr when I was out there trying to make it and, and trying to be a writer in Hollywood and trying to get my screenplay sold. And I was like, no, I'm like, I can't do this. And luckily, I loved business and fell into business and realized that in California, in Southern California, I really wanted to be closer to like the outskirts of the city, like more the beach areas. So I always lived more in the South Bay area. It was just more down to earth. You know, it was a much chiller vibe. It was like just more relaxed. 
And Hollywood is just its own weird, sick little beast of a world. And ugh, it's it's grimy, it's slimy. There's just very, very superficial people there. I mean, it's a huge generalization. There's also really nice people there too and hardworking people. And, you know, it's not just that side of things. But if you are in a certain space and like wellness, you know, celebrity culture, I mean, that's that is what it is. So and it can get it can make you insecure. Like I've seen Mari like it's it's been interesting because she did did get her lips done. Now, not that Hollywood forces you to get plastic surgery or to get work done, but it did it, it is a youth obsessed culture. And I mean, I always wanted to get my lips done. So I don't blame Mari for wanting to get her lips done, too. I mean, having fuller lips when you know, I, I mean, I was made fun of as a child for my lips. So I definitely had some trauma I was trying to heal with getting my lips done. Um, but it's it's interesting. I, I've kind of watched her because she is like truly in like she's in L.A., L.A. And she's in the wellness industry. And there's a lot of attention on what you look like. And Mari, especially being an influencer, you know, she has like a beautiful, very, very fit body. What I hope is I hope she doesn't feel pressure to like get her get like, you know, a boob job because she doesn't need one. I mean, she is she has a really fit, great. And again, to each his own, like if she wants to do that, more power to her. I don't think she needs that. But I've, I have been curious to see, is living in that area going to change her? Is she going to be start doing all the getting all the work done and changing her look to, you know, to fit into that? You know, there's definitely a lot more surgery and, and, you know, superficiality that happens in in those areas. So anyway, so so far, I've, I've only noticed that she's gotten her lips done. Um, so anyway, but yeah, so so Mari did agree. So so Fee was saying how she's like, yeah, it gives you this unrealistic sense about how tiny you should be about what your body should look like. And Mari was like, yeah, it can make you feel less than. She's like, people are very superficial here. It can make you feel as if you're not enough. And I mean, think of that. That's Mari saying that. <laughs> it's like, hello. Um, and Fiona was like, yeah, you can be gorgeous every everywhere else in the country. And then you come to LA and you're like, nothing here. She's like, you're just this little tiny fish in this massive pond. Um, and Mari's like, yeah, it's easy to get wrapped up and lose your your footing here. She's like, I'm lucky because I have people who keep me grounded. She's like, but how was it being an assistant to a celebrity? So Fee used to be a, um, an assistant to other celebrities. So she was like, I didn't realize why everyone was seeing a therapist until I really started to analyze my life. She's like, I've always been really self-sufficient. She's like, I've always been a giver, a doer. She's like, and now she's like, she's like, I needed some alone time. She's like, I got, she's like, I ended up getting this job through a placement agency <clears throat> and she was interviewing with huge celebrities. Like she did name drop one. And she said she was interviewing to be the Rock's assistant. And she's like, I totally thought I was going to get it. I thought the universe was telling me this was meant to be. But I ended up getting a job with a, a different celebrity who was a pop star. And she wouldn't say who the pop star was. I don't know who I'd guess. I don't know. Maybe Selena Gomez. Maybe. I don't think it was. Br it was definitely not Britney. It couldn't have been Britney. Anyway. 
Um, but anyway, she said it was the hardest 11 months of her life being this assistant to a pop star. She's like, they made me do so many crazy tasks. She's like, it made, she's like, it did improve the fact that I can think really quickly on my feet. She's like, I would have to figure things out on the fly. She like, had to work with contractors. She's like, this person was getting work done on her house. She's like, I had no support. She's like, I basically lived in the Hollywood Hills. <clears throat> she's like, it was very, very lonely. She said she would be traveling to all these beautiful destinations like Hong Kong with this, with this celebrity, she's like, but it was, and she'd, she'd be in a beautiful, you know, five-star hotel, but she'd be bored and lonely. And Mari's like, well, what did, what did your work-life balance look like at that point? She's like, I had none. She's like, I was exhausted. She's like, I really didn't work out much because I was just so tired and run and ran down all the time. She's like, I would barely eat during the day. Then I would binge at night because of stress. She's like, I would crave sugar. She's like, I'd eat an entire pizza by myself just to relieve some of that stress. And she's like, and then, of course, I would beat myself up for it. And Mari was like, you know, did you ever lose control of your eating behaviors? And Fiona said she was never officially diagnosed. <clears throat> She's like with an eating disorder. She goes, but I would eat so much. She's like, I would go to McDonald's and eat a ton. Then I would hide the bag because I was ashamed, purge to get rid of the calories. And it was so comforting when I was doing it. She was like, it was this solution. She's like, I could eat all this delicious food to relieve my stress. But then then I wasn't in a good place. And it, it just became this really bad cycle uh, of, you know, binging, purging. Uh, and, she, and Mari was like, well, do you have any advice on this type of cycle? And Fiona's like, I would do it a couple times a week. She's like, I, I would try to justify it. She's like, I really didn't speak to anyone about it. She's like, I was very uh, private about it. She's like, I didn't want to worry anybody. But I, she's like, I do think it's important to seek help. She's like, I found a great therapist. I worked on my relationship with food. She's like, I discovered Mari. She's like, I discovered working out. Uh, she's like, I didn't want, she's like, I didn't feel like I had to be a waif anymore. She's like, I realized that strong is beautiful. And she's like, I, I've, I did unfollow all these Victoria's Secret models I was I was following. She's like, and instead I just started following like bodybuilders. And, she, and she, that was really helpful for her mental health. She said, now I have a much better relationship with food. I'll eat rice and bread. And I just feel so much more confident in my choices now. And Mari's like, yeah, she's like, that's the magic of bodybuilding. She's like, it's so much more powerful to be looking to put on size or at least, you know, to grow your shoulders and glutes and, and think about growing rather than having a goal of getting smaller. She's like, it's just a complete change in mental state. And I, I totally agree with what Mari's saying here. I think that it, it really is such a healthier way to be. And strength training is is important for bone density, you know, muscle burns fat, um, you know, having more muscle tone prevents pinched nerves because your your muscle tone can actually support the weight of your bone structure. I mean, there's all all kinds of, of reasons that um, people in general and women too should should weight lift. Um, and, and also too, absolutely. Like instead of focusing on just losing weight and shrinking, you know, what's a lot of people do put on 
as people put on muscle, they might see the scale increase, but that's a good thing because you're gaining muscle. A lot of people will lose inches and so they're shrinking because their body's becoming, you know, more dense with muscle, but they, but they might not see the weight loss on the scale, but they feel better. They're stronger. They have more energy. And personally, I think that that is definitely the way to go. Uh, and then Fiona was like, yeah, I remember when I had, she's like, I remember back in the day, she's like, I used to have 1200 calories as a goal in my fitness pal. She's like, I would just walk. She's like, I did a lot of soul cycle. She's like, it was the, my focus at that point was just like, I want to burn the most amount of calories and eat as few calories as possible. She's like, my mindset is so, so different now. And, and Mari's like, how has it been making content with nutritious food? And, and how is being, you know, basically you're in the wellness industry now with me. She's like, how has that impacted you? She's like, it's, she's like, I feel like it's been, it's impacted me in a positive way. She's like, you know, and with that, she's like, you know, I'm acknowledging that a lot of the wellness industry, or at least parts of the wellness industry can be very toxic. She's like, but, you know, working with you, who you have a healthy approach to wellness and a balanced approach to wellness. She's like, it's, you know, there's, she's like, there's more pressure on you because you're the actual influencer than me. She's like, I'm kind of more behind the scenes, which I like. Um, Mari's like, yeah, I used, I used, I, I take shots before I eat a crumb. It's, it's, it's lighting, it's positioning. Oh, she's basically saying that, um, that, so Mari's actually talked about how she also does feel pressure to look a certain way, um, to, to present the image that she's been portraying, this wellness image. I mean, that's why I like, like I talk about all the baked goods and pizza and all this stuff that I, you don't see that really ever with Mari. And she's got to have it sometime, right? She can't be one thousand like a hundred percent perfectly nutrient dense whole foods all the time like there's got to be some breaks in there but you never see it with her and what she's saying is she she takes like when she's taking photos for a photo shoot like she'll do it when she hasn't had a morsel of food she's like because that's going to be how I look the most you know ripped and my abs are showing more she's like but that's not reality that's I'm not drinking or eating anything just to get these shots. And then I'm going to go, you know, consume my normal breakfast or whatever. Um, You know, a lot of how influencers like me look on film and look in videos and look in all these pictures we post, it's, it's how we're being, you know, it's how the lighting is. It's how we're positioning ourselves. It's, it's all of that. It's what we're wearing that that highlights certain areas that we want to highlight. So so she's like, that's that's the the behind the scenes of influencer life. You know, we're not perfect either. We we do sometimes present that that perfect image. She's like, but it's you know, it's it's also very contrived in certain ways. Uh, and and Fiona was like, I don't feel pressure to look perfect all the time. She's like. I know what you put into into what you do to represent your brand. She's like, it's a lot. She's like, but I am eating more protein. She's like, I'm doing things that feel good to me. She's like, I'm meal prepping more. She's like, um, she's like, people just comment in a positive way because I'm just, you know, I'm I'm definitely more balanced these days. And um, and then Mari's like, yeah, we got to get our grind ahead to Tulum. So it's just talking about, you know, getting in great shape to head to this vacation. I don't know. It sounds like a work vacation to, to Tulum. 
So, and and then there's going to be a part two. So this was part one of their interview. I think the next one they're going to be getting into like their relationship with each other. And um, I think they go go way back. So it'll be interesting to hear that. But I wanted to do this because I, I had not reviewed Mari's podcast yet. And I figured she'd she'd have really good content because this is her life. She's, you know, wellness influencer. But I, I like her. She's she's definitely one of the people I like. I think she's very honest. I think she's um, inspirational. I think she does have help a lot of women, you know, just because she's been through it. You know, she's been through her own journey. And I just think that people that have been there, the people that have, you know, put on a lot of weight and feel uh, or go through this go through a period of time when they're not taking good care of themselves and they're not, they don't really understand nutrition and how it can impact mental health and all these things. Like I think that, um, I think she talks about important things and I do, again, what I believe in is, you know, the more whole foods you can eat, it is better for your overall level of happiness because, you know, you're going to be getting, less of the processed chemicals in your system but but we all also also need a little bit of that processed stuff too. I mean I like I like the 80/20 rule myself. But um but anyway, that's the podcast, that's the the review that we're going to do today. Uh I believe next week so next week will be another episode of Craving More. So please subscribe to Craving More. Please follow the Diet Obsessed podcast. That just means when you do go to your podcast app, click that little follow. Uh if you want to support the show, please subscribe to Craving More. Follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, please leave a review for this podcast, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I did get uh, a woman that left a negative review the other day. Thank you, girl. Thank, and she's probably not listening right now because she didn't like the content, but she didn't like the kind of like blow by blow review of the of the different podcasts I review. So hey. I like the feedback. Thank you for taking time to leave a review. Uh, it really helps us. So please take time to leave a review. I am going to be doing uh, some interesting topics coming up. Uh, one that caught my eye is thin privilege. So I did want to talk about that. Uh, I do have another, some interesting tidbits from another Skinny Confidential podcast. So lots of good content to come. So until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.